G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You want to go to the Lord on a regular basis and ask Him to cleanse you of your sin. Because you sin more than you think you sin. If we say we have no sin, then the truth is not in us, the Bible says. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie has an important word of warning for us all. Before we know it, little sins are turning into big sins. And now you have a problem. So here's what I'm saying. Maybe it's time for a cleansing. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Winston Churchill used an interesting phrase, terminological inexactitude. And the bottom line, it means to lie. People have other creative words for sins. They fib or they have an affair. That sounds festive. They pilfer, they filch, or they purloin. Now you can put concealer makeup on sin, but, well, it's still sin. On a new beginning in preparation for Easter, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to put a stop to sin before it puts a stop to our testimony. title of my message today is Palm Sunday, The Real Story. Let's pray together. Now, Lord, as we remember the fact that you rode into Jerusalem on the back of that donkey so many years ago on what we call Palm Sunday, we're thankful because there in the city of Jerusalem you were tried and then you were sent to a cross outside of the walls of the city and there you died for the sin of the world and you died for our sin as well, but you rose again from the dead. So give us an insight into what this story is all about. We commit this time of Bible study to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's something that might surprise you. Sometimes it's good to be angry. There's a good kind of anger. In fact, you can tell a lot about a person by what they laugh at and what makes them angry. I think the key is we don't want to have sinful anger. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath or give place to the devil. You might be surprised to know that even Jesus Christ himself, at times, was angry. What made Jesus angry? Well, we're going to look at that in our message today. And we're also going to look at what makes God sad. Yes, God can experience sadness just like you and I can. We're gonna see a story before us here where Jesus shows both deep sorrow and righteous indignation. And this is all around the topic of Palm Sunday. It's a day, of course, when Christ came into Jerusalem riding the donkey and what we often call the triumphal entry. But really, it was the countdown to Calvary. Jesus was very intentional and he was on his way into the city 
to begin that final part of his ministry. He was very popular at this point. Everybody was talking about Jesus and so they heard Jesus is coming to town. In verse 11 of the chapter before it says, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So the people thought this is it. Jesus is gonna overthrow these stinking Romans and we're gonna be free again and he's going to establish his kingdom on earth. So people began to celebrate. People were very excited. But they were misunderstanding his mission. He was not coming to overthrow Rome's army. He was rather coming to set in order God's temple. And so in many ways this was a bitter sweet day. It was sweet because people were singing his praises for a moment, but it was bitter because these same fickle people were gonna turn on him in a short period of time. Some of the people who were saying Hosanna on Palm Sunday were saying crucify him only days later. Yes, he was the king for some, but only for a day. So let's read what happened on the first Palm Sunday Look at Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 37. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessing on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. Jesus replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as they came closer to Jerusalem and he saw the city ahead, Jesus began to weep, saying, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. So here in the first Palm Sunday, they cried out, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Another gospel tells us they use the word Hosanna. Understand, the word Hosanna means save now. So contextually what they were saying was, Jesus, do it now. Establish your kingdom now. Overthrow these Roman tyrants now. And what does Jesus do? Verse 41 says, he saw the city and he wept over it. I wonder if anybody even noticed. But why was Jesus crying? And by the way, the word that is used here for crying is speaking that was something audible. He was openly weeping. He was broken hearted. Why would he be broken hearted at a party like this? Because his ministry was almost over. Time was short. And by and large, he had been rejected. The Bible says, he came to his own, and his own received him not. Jesus healed their sick. He raised their dead. He cleansed their lepers. He fed their hungry, and he forgave their sins. But at this point, he's mostly alone and rejected. And he knew that one of his own disciples was about to betray him, Judas Iscariot. Jesus was weeping because he had been rejected. Jesus was weeping because he would be betrayed. Not only that, he would be betrayed by one of his friends. And he knew also that Simon Peter would deny him. And most of the disciples would go into hiding. And this 
broke his heart. So we've seen what makes God sad. Unbelief makes God sad. Rejection of his promises makes God sad. But let me ask this. What makes God mad? Go to Luke chapter 19. Look at verse 45. He went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So he was saying, I don't like what's going on here. What was going on there? There were people that were taking advantage of those who had come to worship in the temple. They would have these approved animals that they could use in the sacrifices that they would sell to the folks at jacked up prices. So if you came with your own animal, they'd say, oh, I'm sorry, that's blemish. You can't offer that. But we're having a great deal on our special pre-approved kosher sacrificial lambs. Why don't you buy one of these? Listen, instead of praying for the people, they were praying on the people and they were actually keeping people from worshiping God. Know this. Even in the Old Testament, God wanted both Gentile and Jew to believe in Him. And though the temple belonged to the Jewish people, it was open to the Gentiles as well. So summing it up, what makes God angry? Listen to this. God gets angry when we become a barrier to people coming to Christ. And I think we need to pray and say, Lord, I want to be a bridge to non-believers coming to believe in you. Well, thanks for joining us. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And he's continuing his message today called Palm Sunday, The Real Story. Let's continue. Okay, so here's Jesus coming into the temple. And by the way, another one of the gospel tells us he used a whip, a whip. I, dun, da, 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 Indiana Jones style. <laughs> Driving out the money changers, overturning the tables, saying you've turned this place into a den of thieves. Cleansing the temple. You know in the same way when we first come to Christ, he cleanses our temple, if you will. You know, there's a lot of things that change. Our vocabulary gets cleaned up. Our lifestyle changes. Uh, our attitudes change. So much is transformed in our life because Jesus has forgiven us of all of our sin. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But sometimes after time passes, maybe a few months, maybe a few years, maybe even a few decades, some little sins, we'll call them little, I don't really know that sins are little, but for the sake of a point, some little sins sort of find their way back into our life again. You know, things that we used to do that we haven't done for a while, but I'll go ahead and do this a little bit here and a little bit there. And before we know it, little sins are turning into big sins again. Back when I was a kid at Easter, uh, pet stores used to sell bunnies for Easter. And they also sold chicks, little fuzzy chicks. And as I recall, some of them were even dyed in different colors. What a cute gift to get for a child. Happy Easter, I got you a bunny and a chick. That's a great idea then. But what about nine months later when these rabbits are roaming around your house and full grown chickens? All of a sudden rabbit stew and Chick-fil-A is sounding very appealing, right? <laughs> so the point is, little cute things turned into big things. And little sins can turn into big sins. 
and now you have a problem. So here's what I'm saying. Maybe it's time for a temple cleansing. I don't know about you, but I by nature am a messy person. Let me take a quick poll. How many of you are messy people? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you are neat people? Raise your hand. You're very neat. Okay, how many of you are a messy person married to a neat person? Yeah, sort of like the odd couple, right? Well, I am a messy person by nature and my wife Kathy is the neatest person who maybe ever walked the earth. I think the only person who was neater was her actual mother. So she's always tidying things up, always cleaning things up. So I make messes and Kathy cleans up the messes. It actually works out pretty well, but sometimes she maybe overdoes it a little bit. You know, the other day she made the bed while I was still in it and I was missing for a week. I, I don't know what happened there. No, but seriously, here's her philosophy. When a mess begins to build up, she says, let's get this sorted out now and I'll say, I'll get to it later. So the result is I have piles of books and things in my office and my office got so bad recently, she said, we've got to clean this out. And so she did it with a friend and they did an amazing job getting rid of all of that clutter and we moved it all up. And she came into my office the other day and said, Greg, look, that book's out of place. Oh, you're starting to pile these things up over there. You're doing it again. So she starts straightening out. Okay, let me apply this spiritually. Sometimes we'll let those little sins into our life. Well, I'll get to it later. And we'll let a few more things into our life. Well, I'll deal with it on another occasion. And next thing you know, it's a huge problem that we don't even know how to approach. So you have two approaches in life. You can take the Greg approach, which is let the messes build where they overwhelm you, or you can take the Kathy approach to life, that's my wife's name in case you don't know, and constantly be dealing with it. So here's the reality. You wanna go to the Lord on a regular basis and ask Him to cleanse you of your sin. Because you sin more than you think you sin. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us that we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But then scripture reminds us that we will confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us. So we need to come to the Lord and ask Him to cleanse us on a regular basis. So let me close with this thought. Do you need to engage in some spring cleaning? Is this a time in your life where you've allowed things to clutter your spiritual life? Maybe some compromises you've made. Maybe some sins that you've engaged in that you've somehow rationalized. And you just need Jesus to clean house. Well listen, he wants to do that. And I think it'd be a great thing if each of us said, Lord, clean my house. Cleanse my temple. You know the Bible says that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so in the same way that Jesus cleansed that temple some 2,000 years ago on the first Palm Sunday, He can cleanse your temple today. And that would be a great way for us to end our service. Let me ask also, if, if you're not sure if Jesus Christ is living in your heart, I want you to know that He loves you. And it makes God sad, if you will, when you reject His offer of forgiveness. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to reveal his incredible plan for you. He wants to do a unique work in your life, but he won't force his way into your life. Yes, Jesus went to that cross 2,000 years ago. Yes, Jesus paid for the sin of the world, but remember, he paid for your sin. He died there for you. 
As the Apostle Paul said, he loved me and he gave himself for me. And I wonder if some of you have never asked Jesus into your life. And I also wonder if there are some here that need their temple cleansed. They need some spring cleaning. They need the Lord to come in and just sort out a lot of those things that they've allowed into their life that are actually hurting them spiritually. Why don't we close in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to do that work in our life that we all need done. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you will help us to live a life that honors you. And if there's any clutter in our life, if there's any compromise in our life, if there's any sin in our life, we're asking you to forgive us of that. We confess it, we acknowledge it, we're sorry for it, and we turn from it. But now when our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, and we're praying, there might be some of you here today who have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. You've never asked him to forgive you of your sin. And I want you to know today is your day. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. And if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you wanna know that when you die, you will go to heaven, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer after me. You might even pray it out loud and know this, God will hear your prayer. Just pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for me. I turn from my sin and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as my Savior and my Lord, as my God and my friend. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer with those asking Jesus to be their Lord and Saviour. And if you've just prayed that prayer, we'd love to help you by sending you some free materials to help you get started living as a Christian. It's something we call our New Believers Growth Packet. We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on one 800 well, next time, as we continue preparing our hearts for Easter, Pastor Greg Laurie looks at the practical lessons to be drawn from the high price paid at Calvary. Join us again same time tomorrow for a new beginning. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Palm Sunday, The Real Story. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.